Well, good morning, everybody. It's great to have you with us at Church Unlimited. And a special welcome to those in Church Unlimited Kaitaia. Wow. Yeah, and also Church Unlimited Whangarei. I thought for this special live presentation, I'd have a, uh, an axe on hand just to make sure that it's a memorable service that no one will ever forget. And you may wonder what on earth is Pastor doing with an axe this morning. Well, it's going to make a whole lot of sense to you very shortly because we're going to look at this amazing story in the Bible about an axe head that gets lost in the water and then God works an incredible miracle in an impossible situation. So if you've got a Bible with you, we're going to be in 2 Kings chapter 5 and uh, verse, uh, chapter 6, verses 5 and 6 for a few minutes, uh, well, right throughout the whole service this morning. So stay in that passage. Let's read it together. And the sons of the prophet said to Elisha, See now, the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. Please let us go to the Jordan. Let us every man take a beam from there and let us make there a place where we may dwell. So he answered, go. Then one said, please consent to go with your servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them. And when they'd come to the Jordan, they cut down trees. But as one was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. And he cried out and said, alas, master, for it was borrowed. So the man of God said, where did it fall? And he showed him the place. So he cut off a stick, threw it in there, and he made the iron float. Therefore, he said, pick it up for yourself. So he reached out his hand and he took it. An iron axe head was a very expensive and precious commodity in those days. There weren't a lot of them around, and this one was borrowed. So this son of the prophet basically going to Bible college is in a pretty desperate situation. He has struck a crisis. And every so often in life, you and I are going to hit a crisis. And we're going to look at it and it looks absolutely impossible to see how God could possibly work and answer in our situation. And that crisis may happen to you through no fault of your own. After all, this was simply an accident. So we're going to look at this passage this morning and just find some truths, hopefully gold nuggets uh, from God's Word. The first thing that we notice here is that a new era has begun. You see, Elisha has just replaced Elijah. It's a new day. The man of God, Elijah, was taken to heaven in a chariot of fire. But the interesting thing is, is before that happened, God commissioned his successor, Elisha. And interestingly, in this new era, Elisha makes an incredibly bold request. And he says to Elijah, give me a double portion of your spirit. God answers that prayer. And we know in Scripture, Elisha ends up doing two times as many miracles as Elijah. And I want to encourage you to pray in this new era as I have been doing and saying, God, I want a double portion of your spirit to now rest upon my life. Why would we pray that? 
Friends, we need to pray because we know the level of anointing and spirit we have on us today is not enough, is it, to get the job done. It's not enough for you to get the miracle and breakthrough that you're after. It's not enough for you to fulfill the call of God on your life. It's not enough for Church Unlimited to do what God has called us to do to impact this nation and the nations of the world. Cry out to God and ask for a double portion of His Spirit because I believe it's a prayer that God likes and it's a prayer that He will answer. You have not because you ask not. It's time, friends, to ask God for a double portion of His Spirit. And I am absolutely convinced that we will now, in this new era, we're going to see people in this church begin to arise in levels of anointing and ministry and power. That is going to surprise us and amaze us. God is going to take the power or the anointing as it were. It's almost been stuck on the platform for far too long. And God's going to take it from the pulpit to the pew. And God's people, everyone, whoever will, whoever wants to, can enter into this and begin a function at a level way beyond what you are experiencing today. It's a new day, friends. This is a time for God's people to arise like never before. We have, friends, the same Holy Spirit. We all have the same resurrection power of God within us. Your miracle is probably sitting next to you. Don't wait for it to come from the man of God, as it were, from the pulpit. In verse 1, the sons of the prophet said to Elisha, See now, this place is too small. They could sense that God was up to something new. They could sense he was about to enlarge their territory. There was coming an acceleration of expansion. But the important thing to note, friends, with expansion and wanting more, it's really important that we are not driven by frustration. We're not driven by feeling limited. We're not driven by an ego trip. I want people to notice my ministry more. No, friends, that's not how it works. We are driven or we need to be something that God is doing and something that God is speaking to us about. It's like God is saying, I want to enlarge you. We need God to say acceleration of expansion, 10 times growth in 10 years, which God has said. You see, why is that really important, friends, for you or for a church? I'll tell you why. Because in the promise is the power to perform it. In the prophecy is the power of God to perform it. You go without a promise, you go without a prophecy, you go out of frustration, you go out of ego. Friends, there's no guarantee of the power to be with you to perform it. When you've got a promise, you've got to still work, but you can relax and let God bring it to pass. Think about this statement. God has called us and you to be promise-driven people more than purpose-driven or passion-driven. Promise-driven. That means we're will of God-driven. We're call of God-driven. We're driven by what God is saying for us to do. And I believe that's one of the great strengths of Church Unlimited is we hear from God, we get His promises, and then we pursue what God is saying to us. The only reason that we're in Whangarei and in Kaitai, you lovely people up there, the reason we're with you is because God has spoken to us. This is not an, a, not an ego trip to be bigger or larger. 
It's not a, a strategic plan to, to even have greater impact. No, it's pursuing the voice of heaven. We are a promise-driven gathering of churches across this nation. Verse 2, have a look at it. Every man take a beam from there and make a place. Everyone is asked to participate in the expansion of what God was saying and of what God was doing. God wants us all to take a beam and build His house. He wants us all to carry a beam to help extend the kingdom of God. God wants us all to have an axe in our hands. Have you got your axe? Kaitaya, Fongarei, have you got your axe in your hand? But not just in your hand. Make sure you start swinging it and building the house of God together. See, everyone, everyone, take a beam. We've heard messages on it, haven't we? Do something. Do something, whatever it might be. See, in most churches, we know 80% of the work's done by 20% of the people. God's about to change that very sad statistic. In fact, the Holy Spirit himself is going to begin to stir the hearts of people right now. And he's going to awaken desire in people to serve. You see, when the Holy Spirit has stirred you to serve, then you don't have to be coerced. You don't have to be repeatedly reminded. You don't have to be asked over and over again. You don't have to be threatened. When people have been awakened and stirred by the Spirit of God, you actually have to slow them down. You can say, no, no, you're already in three departments. You cannot work in a fourth department. Thank you very much. And you actually have to stop those people. Come with me to Haggai chapter 1, verse 14. There's a fantastic verse of Scripture there, which is what God is going to about to do. So if you're under the sound of my voice, you better watch out because God is about to come and apprehend you. Chapter 1, verse 14. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the governor of Judah, the spirit of Joshua, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And what happened? So God said, and they came and worked on the house of the Lord of hosts, their God. Isn't that incredible, friends? God himself. There comes a time where he said, right, it's time to build. I'm going to stir myself. Pastor Tuck, you don't have to worry about it anymore. I myself am going to begin to apprehend my people to build, to help with the acceleration of expansion. Some of you are going to wake up in the night. You're going to get up tomorrow or next week, and suddenly there's going to be something in you think, man, I've got to serve God. I've got to do something. I've got to find my axe, carry it, and begin to build. won't be because of anyone has said anything to you. The Spirit of God himself is going to awaken his people and raise up an exceedingly great army all across this nation in Auckland, in Kaitaia, and also in Whangarei. Moving on, in verse 3, it says this. Then, then one said, please consent to go with your servants. And he answered, I will go. So they're asking Elisha to go with them. Now, Elisha is the man of God, okay? And in the Old Testament, he's like God's representative. He's the one through whom miracles are going to take place and miracles are going to happen. It's different in the New Testament. So to ask for God's representative to go with them was like asking God himself to go with them. Because Elisha could do miracles when they would be needed. They didn't want to begin building without God's presence with them. 
Remember the story of Moses? He's called to lead the children of Israel uh, out of Egypt into the promised land. He's got this commission from God. Expansion, enlargement, increased ministry. <laughs> and he's got the blueprint of God for his life. He even knows the direction to take. He's heard from God. He's had a burning bush experience. And yet he still prays. Exodus 33, 15. Then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. He said, God, lest you, are you guarantee you're my presence? I know I've heard your voice. I know the vision is from you. I've got the promises. I've got the promises. But God, I'm not going anywhere. You've got to guarantee you're going to be with me. Because in you is the power to fulfill and to accomplish what you're calling me to do. You see, Moses had two million headaches. That's why God took him up to Mount Sinai and gave him two tablets. I hope you all laughed up there in Kaitai and Whangarei, all right? <clears throat> See, we can be so excited by a vision that we run ahead on our own. Very easy to do, friends. When we heard from God, we should, first thing we should do is fall on our knees. Say, God, John 15, without you I can do nothing. Yeah, I know I've got your promise. I know I've got your vision, but God, without you, I'm done. I'm nothing. I can't do it. And so we've got to have that presence with us. You see, fulfilling God's word is not going to take place through huge effort and stress and striving and, and all that sort of stuff. It's going to take this presence of God and His Spirit with us. Galatians 3 verse 3 is so important. Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, you've heard a word from God, acceleration and expansion, 10 times growth in 10 years, whatever else you might, you've heard, yeah. Having begun in the Spirit, are you so foolish? He goes on to say, you are now being made perfect by the flesh? You're going to try and fulfill my vision through your own human effort? He said, forget it. You need my presence to go with you. Can I encourage us all? Kaitai Whangarei, go after the presence of God. That's what will transform your community. See, people start a business, a career, a ministry that God led them to do. Later they get stuck and they think, hey, what's gone wrong? Can I suggest sometimes they began to run in their own strength. They stopped really doing the things they needed to do. Maybe they stopped praying. Do you know the best way to prepare for a crisis? I mean, we're going to have some sort of crisis in our lives. That's just the way it is. Do you know how you prepare? You prepare by walking close with God today. Through prayer, through time and His Word. Maintaining His presence with you. Don't wait till the crisis hits you. See, Daniel 11.32, the people who know their God shall be strong in any crisis. They'll be strong. They'll do great exploits. They'll see miracles. They'll see answers. To neglect our relationship, to neglect pursuing God's presence, now, today, will leave us ill-prepared for when the crisis strikes us. We may not have the faith. We may not have the ability to push into God in prayer. The best way to prepare your life for what is ahead of you today Get close to God. Today, live in the presence of the Lord. Verse 5, he cried out and said, Alas, Master, oh no, this is terrible. And we know God steps in. No crisis is ever hopeless as long as we know how to cry out to God. As long as we will step out and reach out to the Lord. 
But this is amazing. This prayer, alas, master. It's like, oh no, (laughs) this is terrible. It was not a high-powered prayer. But the moment we turn to God in a crisis, really turn to Him, even if it's with limited faith, in fear, in panic, in desperation, God will hear us. And He will come to our aid. Because we actually have His own promise on this. Psalm 50, verse 15, He Himself says, Call unto me in the day of trouble, and maybe I'll consider delivering you. No, no, it says, I will. When God says, I will, God doesn't lie, friends. He will deliver you, and you will glorify Him. That's the God that we serve. Matthew 14, verse 30. Peter walked on water. Remember that story? When he looked at the wind, he began to sink. And did you read his three-page prayer? <laughs> did, you re- did, you, did you look at the prayer that he prayed? Do you know what it was? Lord, save me. Come on, Paul. Peter, you want me to ask you to pray? You've got to give me a bit more than that. Come on, come on, you know, give me some uh, tones and ups and downs and, you know, flow and anointing and volume. Peter, three words, you think I'm going to answer that? Lord, save me. But he did, didn't he? God lifted him out of the water and rescued him. Right now, Kaitai Whangarei, as you're listening to me, utter a quick prayer. Right now, Lord, save me. Help. Just cry out to him. Do something. Verse 7, therefore he said, so they've got this axe, it's out of the water, pick it up for yourself. So he reached out his hand and he took it. <laughs> Friends, you want a miracle? Acceleration, you have to do your part. Whatever God's placed in your heart to do is not going to happen without you building. Many times we have a promise of God, but we do little. Maybe we pray, but we do little else. We have to grab the axe, friends. <laughs> We've got to start, okay, God, I've got your promise, but now I'm starting to chop. I'm starting, to, I'm starting to do my part. I'm starting to work diligently. God, I'm doing what I can. I'm, the, I'm your instrument that you're going to work through to fulfill the promise. I know I can't do it on myself, but Lord, I can help you. I can do my part. I can do something. I'm going to grab my axe, Lord, and I'm going to do my part. I'm going to do what I have to do in this situation. You see, and, and God, if you think about it, God who got the axe head out of the water, all right, put it onto the side or the bank, he could have just as easily got out of the water and flew it into the man's hand. And so the man didn't have to do anything. He's got his axe and away he goes. And God says, you pick it up. I'm not going to do everything here. You've got your part to play. You have your responsibility in this situation. And Jesus often did this, didn't he? <clears throat> when he heals someone, he'd say to them, arise, take up your bed and walk. In other words, yeah, I've healed you, but you, you get up, you lazy thing. You pick up your bed. I'm not picking it up for you. Friends, we can be very passive. God, do it. Oh, acceleration of expansion. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to turn up. And then it's going to be all expansion. No, no. Invite someone. Do something. Tell people about Jesus. Pray. You know, know, when you see new people in a service, go and talk to them. Welcome them. Invite them so they might come back. Friends, do something. Carry your own beam, get an axe, and let's work together because that's what God requires in this story. When we're in a crisis, whatever it is, let's not be passive spectators. He does for us what is impossible for us to do. Makes the axe head float. 
But that's all he does. Then he requires us to do what we can do. See, there's what we can do and what God can do. Verse 6, he cut off a stick, threw it in there, and made the iron float. Picks up the stick from the tree. The tree speaks of Jesus and the cross. So in this crisis, God himself, Jesus, if you like, works a miracle. And he wants to do the same for you. One of the great promises God has given us in this new era is that he's the Lord of not just breakthroughs, mighty breakthroughs. I'm waiting to hear testimonies from people of mighty breakthroughs. That is going to leave me astounded. It's going to leave you astounded. Friends, it is a season for breathless expectation of what God is about to do in your life, in our church, and across this nation. It's a time that God is wanting to give us mighty breakthroughs. See, the axe head seemed hopelessly lost. It's gone. It's at the bottom of the water. There's no way. There's no way to get it back. But against all the natural laws, when every human effort was at an end to do anything, God himself made it rise from the depth of the water and float. Luke 18, 27. Things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Do you have an axe head buried deep in the water, completely gone and lost, and appears there's no way to retrieve it? Appears there's no way a miracle as such, it appears, can take place in your situation. There was a man in our church at severe pain with large kidney stone. The life group prayed. An x-ray was taken. The stone was gone. The doctor said, this never happens. The axe head floated. There was another man had deep, deep, deep depression for many, many years. Got all the help he could. Was suicidal. Comes to a service one Sunday night. Receives prayer. And he is instantly healed by the power of God. The axe head floated. There was a man in desperate financial trouble and strife. It was creating great turmoil and heartache and heartbreak in his life. He tried everything he knew to get out of the situation, and nothing seemed to work. Like the man in our story, he cried out to God, Alas, Master. Or like Peter, Lord, save me. And in his financial strife, God himself worked a miracle, and the axe head floated. Time for the axe head, your axe head, to be floated by the supernatural resurrection power of Jesus Christ. What I'm doing this morning is just building faith, building faith in your heart and my heart 
because I believe in our prayer service tonight. Sorry, Kaita Whangarei, you can't be here. Well, you can. You can always drive down and join us, 6 o'clock. We'd love to have you. But we're going to go after axe heads that are lost. Axe heads that are buried, and it looks impossible. The more impossible it looks, the greater the miracle and the glory that comes to God. The great preacher Spurgeon once preached a message, and he's challenged the readers, the listeners. He said, the problem with many of us is we have no almighty God, meaning we don't have a God who can do absolutely anything. And we don't think like that, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one who, who, who raises the dead and heals the sick and opens the blind eyes, the, the one for whom nothing is impossible. We serve, friends, not just a God, but we serve the God, the God of gods. We serve the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the bright and morning star. He's a soon and coming king. He is king of kings. He is Lord of lords. He is the almighty, almighty God, which means the all-sufficient God who can do anything. I say never, ever give up believing for your axe head to float, for your miracle to come to pass, because the God I know is well able to do it. What's weighing heavily on you today? What's your desperate case? Cry out to Almighty God, for the axe head will float. What's the devil taken from you? He's a thief, isn't he? See, that axe head, it was like it was lost. It was taken. No real fault of the person involved. It just fell off. Maybe you've lost something even while you were pursuing the call of God. You know, some people are zealously going after God. In the midst of it, they just lose something. Maybe even a a part of the call of God that they were pursuing. And it just gets taken. I want to say, hang in there. Nothing is impossible with our God. Remember David at Ziglag? He loses everything, doesn't he? Like his, I mean, how bad does it get? His city's burned down. His wives are taken, had more than one. His kids are taken. You know, a lot of the stuff is taken. And then his own men want to stone him. I mean, he's pretty much lost everything you can lose. But there's a magnificent passage of Scripture. Well, number one is David cries out to God. That's one reason David was a man after God's own heart. He knew how to cry out to God. He cries out to God, and God says to him, 1 Samuel 30, verse 8, listen to this, pursue, for you will overtake them, and without fail, recover all. David, go after this accent that you've lost. Go after it, because I'm with you. My presence is going to go with you. You will, without fail, recover all. Maybe you've lost relationship, possessions, a job, family, ministry, health, confidence, self-esteem. It could be anything. A lady in our church a number of years ago, 
She was about to lose her house. And on the very day, the very day it was to happen, someone out of the blue gave her a plastic bag and in it cash $4,000. Enough for her not to lose the house the axe head floated. Another man was given seven days notice, and then he was going to lose his job. But during the week, another worker got fired. And so when he turned up on Monday, he still had his job. And once again, the axe head floated. I haven't injured anyone yet. What crisis are you facing today, and does it look impossible? You see, an exit floating is totally impossible. It was an iron head. It's too heavy for it to, to float. It's, it's, it's sunk. It's gone. For those without Christ in their lives, there is no hope for an axe head to float. It can't be done. But for believers... Luke 18, 27, things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Get ready for your axe head to float. The God of the impossible, I believe, is about to lay bare his mighty arm of incredible and amazing power. It's time for axe heads to float. Thank you, Kaitaya. Thank you, Kaitaya, for joining with us today. Thank you, Church Unlimited Whangarei. It's been great to have you in this live feed today. We trust that the rest of your service will go fantastic, and you soon will see your axe head begin to float. I look forward to seeing you all again soon. Please come and join us for New Zealand and beyond. The whole family of Church Unlimited is coming together. God bless you all.